You're listening to The Tactical Kitchen. I'm Melody Behrens, certified chef and nutritional therapy practitioner. And I'm Steve Behrens, 21-year special operations veteran and certified personal trainer. Together, we are here to share our experience on the ketogenic lifestyle. Don't forget our disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat. Mmm, bacon. Hey, all right. Welcome back to the Tactical Kitchen Show, Clash of the Titans version. Oh my gosh, that's that's true. Yeah, <laughs> the, there is something to that. Yeah, we've got some, uh, some fun stuff to talk about today um, that... Involved Clash of the Titans, actually. It did. I didn't know this was a Clash of the Titans episode. Are are we the Titans clashing, or... I'm not really sure. Okay, I, just, I don't know. I, I literally pulled that out of my that anus. That was... Oh. <laughs> that was my favorite movie growing up. Like, I was a huge fan of anything mythological. Mm-hmm. Like, I had all these mythology books that I would read. And so when Clash of the Titans was out, and if you had cable at that point, it was on all the freaking time. It was on all the time. So you could watch it all the time. This is episode 65, by the way. All right. Which makes sense. It does it? (laughs) (laughs) In what way? Yeah, so so we got to see Clash of the Titans in an actual theater over the weekend because we were in Las Cruces, New Mexico at a film festival. We were at the Border Scene Film Festival, and if you follow us on Instagram, which if you don't, you should, um, you can keep up with all the stuff we're doing. And so we had a film that actually was in the film festival, and we were able to hang out with a lot of cool people this week, very creative people, but the big one was for all you 1980s babies or teenagers, um, the movie came out in 81, so Clash of the Titans star Harry Hamlin was there. Mm-hmm. So not only did we get to see Clash of the Titans in the theater, we got to have a Q&A with Harry Hamlin the next day. And Steve and I were in the front row for that in this little room where it was just a few people. And so we got to hang with Harry. Yeah. And we got to uh, also hang out with him that evening. He came over our table and we talked about film stuff and and what we're doing with our independent film and how we're trying to, uh, you know, get that out there and get it successful. And he had good feedback and he didn't get to see the film yet, but he was very interested in it because he played Hamlet back in the day. Yeah, and our little independent film is a—it's uh, a military existential black comedy, but it's based on Rosencrantz and Guildenstern from from uh, Hamlet. Yeah, so, so if you're into Shakespeare, you'll love it. If you're not, you might be like, ah, oh, never mind. <laughs> but that's why it's in film festivals because it's a little artsy fartsy. Yeah, if you want to say that. But it is um, not a shoot 'em up military movie, but we were very proud to have it at the Border Scene Film Festival. This was their second year, and they were very focused on veterans this year. And it was really cool because um, although we didn't win, the the we were like in we were, the nominees. We were nominated for uh, best military picture with uh, I think yeah were, feature film feature film. So I think there were there were fifty. Uh, they said, you know, entrance, and I think we were the top three, so they had three, you know, nominees. And 
the person who did one, their film actually got distribution, which is if you're in the film world, that's what you want. You want somebody to pick up your movie and go, right. I want to get this out into the, into the public hands and in front of their faces for you. So that was really cool. We were a little disappointed we didn't win, but we were happy for the other people. Enough about that. Harry Hamlin was there. So <laughs> he was really nice. I mean, he was, uh, you know, we, we got to do the, uh, what they call a master's class where he sat down and, and talked about his career and his uh, successes and failures and his theories on acting and all that kind of uh, cool stuff, which was fun. And then we did talk to him there after the master's class for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And, and then. We hung out at the, at the award dinner. And he came over to our table very first thing because I think he thinks Steve is so pretty. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, but Steve is very engaging in conversations. So. He was a really nice guy. He, he was he, super nice. He had great, I mean, uh, great things to say. Um, you know, had very interesting story as far as his career and life and uh, adventures go. So <laughs> When I told him that Clash of the Titans was like my favorite movie growing up, he was like, I have so many stories about that movie set. And I said, I bet you do. I can only imagine, you know, <laughs> making a movie in the late, you know, 70s, Early 1980s. 80s. I bet it was weird. And it was a weird film. There was a stop action type film. And that was really With hard to people. do. With people, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you have Pegasus and the Titan and uh, the Scorpions. All these, yeah, all the things that they had to do. Now everybody just CGI's everything. So you look at these movies and you're like, these were these were talented people who had to create mm-hmm. all of these sets, all of these pieces that go into the puzzle of making a movie. So I, I love old movies for that reason. And we also met for anybody who's a Days of Our Lives fan. I know, I know everybody right now is going, I Oh, I'm to, a huge Days of Our Lives oh, fan. You would be surprised. So, <laughs> Days of Our Lives, longtime star, uh, Tao Ta- Panglis. Tao Panglis. Tao Panglis. I can't say his name right. I want to call him Thanos because the way his <laughs> name is spelled. But he played Tony Demira. So, and he also his evil twin or whatever. But my mom watched Days of Our Lives, so I got a picture with him. I had to, and I said, I have to send this to my mother. And he said, why does everyone always tell me that their mother is a fan? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, probably because you were on the show for like 38 years. Yes, he was. And he was also a really nice guy to talk to. Um, I talked to him, had a couple really good conversations with him, and man, what a nice person. Oh, he was so nice. He's from Australia, and um, he came here to be a movie star Mm -hmm. and he ended up working on this soap opera for years which I mean I can't imagine that you know the level of having to memorize your lines and everything that he had to do daily but he talked a little bit about that it was really interesting these were really cool people and then a really older star um, Jack Betts yeah who was in Spaghetti Westerns and he's been in a little bit of everything and if you saw his picture you would know exactly who he was you'd say I know that guy he's one of those actors where you're like I don't know who that is but I've seen him in the movies he was in Batman Spider-Man like Melody said he was in some old Spaghetti Westerns Mm -hmm. Uh, been in like a, a ton of TV shows as different characters so yeah, he's been in all... He was even in Friends once. So, yeah, he's even he's yeah. in Friends, yeah. So he's been in everything. If you saw his picture, you would go, I know that guy. So just look up Jack Betts on IMDb or something. Yeah, and, and again, really nice guy. Had a lot of great things to say. They all gave really good uh, overall you know, advice. And, and I granted, they were talking uh, towards more people you know, leaning into the acting career field. But you know, they gave very good life advice. 
And all of it, just, it's the same for everybody, whether you're an actor, you're, uh, you know, or you work at a bank or you're a school teacher, it's, you bring yourself to the job, you know, whatever you're doing, you be yourself. And that was the big, big life advice is that don't try to be anybody else. They're all already taken. (laughs) So you have to be yourself. Yeah. And, and, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, I've done some acting, so uh, in our little independent film and some other, other places, but. You know, when you when you watch a movie and you're like, that person's a really bad actor, oftentimes it's hard to put your finger on why you don't like them. Like, why is their acting bad? And that was something that I always thought about is why is this person, why is their acting bad? And what you come to find out is it's because they're acting. Yes. And, and I know it sounds kind of dumb, but, you know, when you, when you go into a role, you don't really act. You bring, like Melody said... You bring yourself into role. So you're yourself just in that situation uh, under those circumstances. And if you just be yourself in those roles, uh, you don't look like you're acting. And that's what what really I've noticed is when people are overacting, that's when you're like, oh, wow, they're, they're, they're not doing well. Right. It's super interesting. And I know too. everybody's like, why, why do we just get into an actor's class? We did. We, these were really fun people to be around. They so were. It was such a good weekend. But we do have some things to talk about. About our weekend yes. and how we traveled and stayed carnivore, or did we? Did we? Mm, dun, dun, dun. Mystery. See? Drama, right there. Drama, right there. Exactly. So, so one of the things that we will talk about is, so we're, we're, we're away for the weekend, so you're away from your house, your routine, you're away from your normal food. How do you, how do you stay on your diet the best you can while you're having to do all these other things? Like we had a screening we had to go to, we had other film screenings we needed to see, and an awards dinner. A lot of that stuff. So what did we do? So it was pretty simple. Um, if you're carnivore, you know life is pretty simple. You take out all the extra choices that you have to make, and you're just like, meat is all I need, right? So here's kind of what we did. We got up, we did our regular fat coffee in the morning, which is not carnivore. So we'll say we're 99% carnivore pretty much. Um, but then we would just, I brought I brought frozen steaks from ButcherBox mm-hmm. that I had in the freezer. We packed those up. We knew they would stay frozen for our 10-hour drive. Um, then I made a bunch of boiled eggs and bacon and grilled up some hamburger patties, and that's what we ate on the way. So, so how much bacon do we eat on our 10-hour drive? Okay, I love Peterson Farms bacon, and they are not a sponsor of this show, but I'll just say that I've been going and buying packs and packs of their bacon at Natural Grocers, and I cooked up two packs. They're 12-ounce packs. I thought, this will last us a couple of days. We ate the entire thing before we got to Midland. So, <laughs> so, so you put Steve in the truck with bacon for 10 hours. The bacon does not come back out. We, we only made it to Midland. How far is Midland? It's five and a half hours It's from five and a half hours. <laughs> we ate 12, two 12-ounce 12 packs, 12 ounce packs, 24 ounces of bacon. From the time we left our house until we got to Midland in five and a half hours, yeah. we had it gone. It was delicious. And I was like, where's the rest of the bacon? I want more bacon. Yeah, so. but but that's a great thing to do. And you can even do that if you're flying. Oh, no, yeah. No, the I wouldn't eggs say, are a little sketchy for I wouldn't people. say 24 ounces, but you can you know, you know can cook up some bacon, put it in a plastic bag, and take it on the plane with you, and there's your there's your airplane food. Exactly. Because it airplane food, be hard. airplane food is not food, so... No, and we, you know, and not everybody's going to want to do this because some some people are more like 
sensitive. Well, you know, the, <laughs> so the thing, we ate cold hamburgers. Yeah. Well, the thing about doing this is because say you're flying and when you get there, you have a meeting, you don't want to eat a, a really poor meal before you have that meeting. And that's one of the things that, that I was thinking about because when you have a screening, you usually have a Q&A and you don't want to be uh, not sharp or, you know, not on your on your game when you're doing right. your Q&A. You want to be able to speak intelligently about, about the film and answer questions. So um, you don't want to uh, be on the road and have a poor meal because if you eat a, a carby or sugary meal right before the screening, you're going to feel lethargic and have a little bit of brain fog. And, and we're going to talk about a little bit of brain fog that we ran into on our trip. Yeah, so pretty much what we did, we had boiled eggs and bacon and hamburger patties that I had made up before we left. We grilled, we got an Airbnb because we didn't want to drive and take two days to drive with our RV. So we just went ahead and got an Airbnb close to the venue where we needed to be. It had a grill. That was our criteria for our Airbnb. We were looking for a place with an outdoor grill. We were able to grill our steaks. We ate our steaks um, every day while we were gone um, for our regular meal. And then we didn't have to worry about what was going to be the film direct, the filmmaker's meal or mixer or whatever. We didn't have to worry about any of that. We had already fed ourselves very easily with some quality meat. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did all weekend. Now, we did go out twice, and that's what we are going to talk about a little bit. Yeah, so we stayed with, uh, my, you know, my good buddy Sean and his wife Chris. They're, you know, he's the director of the film, and, and she was a composer, and they're producers. So we all stayed in the same house, which is great. But, you know, when you do that, not everybody's on your on your plan. Now, they, they do eat healthy, so they're, very, they're on a similar type of eating plan as ours. But, uh, you know, they didn't bring food, so we're not going to be like, hey, we have food. You guys go away and eat. We'll stay here and eat. You know, you want to be social, so... We found a breakfast spot mm-hmm. that we thought would be good, and then got there, and the breakfast was not really so much breakfast. So it was a hamburger joint. Yeah. So Melody ordered uh, a half pound of hamburgers, basically, mm-hmm. and I ordered an entire pound of hamburger, and that's what we ate. With bacon and a fried egg. With bacon and a fried egg, yeah. So the only problem was is is uh, I didn't finish mine because it was so I could taste the oil. Yeah, and so that's the issue we run into when we go to eat anywhere, especially... You know, if you're not familiar with the place, I know that like Wendy's and places like that, they don't put oil on the griddle and you can research some of those things. But this was just a, this was a greasy spoon. A greasy spoon. <laughs> this it was, was just a, a good, greasy spoon. It was a good hamburger joint is what it was. It was. And, but the hamburger wasn't the problem, the hamburger meat. It was the, when they fry the egg, typically they'll put some sort of like, industrial oil in the pan or on the griddle to fry that egg in and it's not butter and you can feel it in your mouth once you get accustomed to eating this way and you haven't had those oils you'll feel the film that it leaves in the mouth in your mouth and you'll Mm -hmm. start feeling it in your body you do and 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 so this is the this starts the the compound of what's going to happen in in a couple of days and and we'll get there and so so that day wasn't so bad we had the we had the the hamburgers at at jake's place jake's cafe jake's cafe and then uh you know we had our steaks later on in the day the next day we got up early and actually went on a really cool hike we went to dripping springs and so if anybody has ever been to las cruces new mexico and you wanted to go on a hike and you've been there um let us know what you thought about it we went and we did just the hike up to the boyd sanitarium sanatorium yep sanatorium um, where they would treat people for consumption or tuberculosis. <laughs> and it was so crazy because it was like a 35-minute hike up. And then, you know, it was a little faster back down. But when you got up there, you were like, they actually brought people up here. And yeah. it was a pretty good descent, you know, or, or ascent, rather, 
up to the place, the little historic building where they would put people on cots and just bring them food and hope they got better, Yep. <laughs> you know. So we get a, a pretty good, it was about an hour and a half total of out there walking. So um, that was great. And we so we got a kind of a fasted, steady, long hike, you know, in there. Yeah. And then uh, on the way back, we, uh, you know, got a hold of Shawnee Chris and they were going to a different breakfast place. And Melody looked it up, and they had omelets and yeah. and such. So we're like, hey, we'll just meet them there, have some, uh, you know, eat our first meal. And this is where Steve started to fall off the rails. So did we cheat on our carnivore diet a little bit? <laughs> a little bit. So the place, just I'll just give you a hint: a taste of Belgium. <laughs> what is Belgium what, famous for? What is Belgium? So you so say we get there; it's a nice place. It really was pretty good, and uh, the, the coffee was actually pretty good. Yeah, they asked me, "Did I want French roast or Colombian?" And I was like, "I like this place. I like this place." So we all pretty much got omelets, but when they bring you the omelets, they bring you two little—I'm going to call them coaster-size. Belgian waffles. They are. They were exactly coaster size. You are correct. They yep. were that small. So they weren't huge, massive plate size waffle house Belgian waffles, right? They're these little bitty uh, coaster size. And, and uh, we each, we were not going to get them, but we went ahead and said, you know what? Well, this is an opportunity. What, what Steve you? said, yeah, go ahead and bring them. And I'd already told her no. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> this is, and this is where it gets funny because she's like, well, if you're going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm like, hey, I'm testing myself right now. I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and eat these uh, Belgian waffles. Granted, they were small with a little bit, had a dash of like powdered sugar on them, uh-huh. almost undetectable with, with syrup. And what was the other stuff we got? Oh, it was a, okay. They had all these different creams. They had Bavarian cream. Crem. They had, um... All different flavors, like so. It's a heavy cream. Anyway, it, it was delicious. It's like cream cheese and um, whipped cream whipped together is mm. what this was, and it was lemon. I picked the lemon, and so it was in about the size of a shot, a little bit bigger than a shot glass, like a condiment cup that they will bring you ketchup in or whatever, about that size. So it wasn't an enormous amount of the cream. So we shared that. So we ate the we ate our our omelet, which was cooked in crappy oil, by the way. Yeah, the omelet turned out it wasn't did not taste that great. But that's more oil. So now you have two yeah. meals now for two days in a row. Two meals where you've we've got the bad oils basically and we, and we cooked knew it. in in pan. You know, spray <laughs> oil. Yeah. I've worked in a kitchen. I know when they make an omelet, half the time they're spraying it with some sort of like cooking oil spray, and yep. it's soybean you know, safflower, whatever kind of oil they might get. And they get, they're going to get the cheapest one. I know I've been in charge of food cost. So that we had that with the crappy oil and then we shared the the cream and just like seriously, the smallest drizzle of syrup because the cream was sweet. Yeah. And it wasn't, I didn't put a whole lot of cream on mine. It was just a little bit of spread. I mean, not that much. We didn't even eat the whole thing and we shared it. Yeah. And then a little was, bit of, of r- real, like, you know, crappy syrup. Not, not I'm like. I'm sure it was fructose, high fructose corn syrup flavored like maple syrup. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so and, and again, that wasn't, that wasn't very much. I mean, when you're talking about, uh, you know, people talk about a cheat meal, they imagine a plate full of, of junk that they're eating. This is, this is a very small amount of, of, a food that we don't normally normally partake in. And that was the first dairy we've had since we cut out dairy also. Oh, okay, yeah. So the cream was a little bit of dairy, 
but it was also the first industrial oil we've had in a very long time. Very long time. And a little bit of carbs, so the flour. And what was interesting is, you know, like we didn't get cheese on our omelets. I had bacon, ground beef, and sausage mm-hmm. for my omelet. Yep. Which was really, it was it was good except for I could feel the oil in my mouth, like coating my mouth. It was. And I just got ham, bacon, and sausage, and I, I was really eating it wondering where the bacon was. Yeah, I was kind of wondering. I was like the granny on the Wendy's commercial, where's the beef? You know, <laughs> there was not wasn't much. a lot of meat in there. But that's, and that's the nature of restaurants. So we, we had that meal, and that was probably about 11 o'clock, you know, in the morning. And we did eat the waffles. And we did eat the waffles. I, I, in the entire two coaster waffles, I splurged. Um, it wasn't much, but I probably, you know, about an hour after that is when you start to feel a little bit of brain fog. Yeah, it was really interesting because I hadn't felt that in a while. It's so it's been so long, right? And so after even having the the omelet with nothing else, no cheese, no you know nothing like that, just eating those two small little waffles with that little amount of syrup and cream. I, I did. I started feeling like, man, I feel like I can't focus right. my and thinking. Yes, and that's exactly what it is. You just get a little bit, you're not off. And this is what I'm talking about when you're traveling and you have something on the other end. That's why it pays off to not eat the crappy you know, plain food or whatever food before you get there to stay on point. So what we did, though, to kind of combat that um, later on in the afternoon, uh, we, had, uh, we went ahead and added another fat coffee. Mm-hmm. And then we knew we were going to the awards dinner. So back at the house, we cooked up the last four steaks we had, and we went ahead and just ate all of it. We ate them all. (laughs) (laughs) So butcher box steaks are like 10 ounces each. I had two. Yeah. They're not big steaks, but we probably ate about 20 ounces of steak apiece. And I was really glad because we get to the awards dinner, and I've worked in a hotel, and I know what those kind of dinners are going to be like. And it was the smallest amount. It was beef, but it was the smallest amount of, like, beef bourguignon, but it was, like, cheap, crappy tasting a little bit. It was. <clears throat> but that, it was, like, roast and brown gravy is what it was. Chunks of roast and brown gravy. That's what your, your well, main dish well, was. Well, it was gravy-trained dog food. That's what That's it was. That's kind of what it looked it like. It looked a lot like gravy-trained dog food. Yeah, I hate that. I and that's not a bash on the caterer or the facility. That's just what it looked like to me. Um, I'm, you know, I, I ate it. It came with uh, a mixed vegetable and some mashed potatoes. Right, and a little bit of salad. And they kept coming by. They kept thinking that Steve and I weren't done because they were like, are you done with your salad? Because we had not touched it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't eat that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't eat this. Uh, and it was, uh, it was funny. There, there, there's a, a person sitting beside me. Who, when they brought out the food, uh, they sent it back because they didn't want meat. They didn't want meat on the plate. They didn't want meat they on their plate. They just wanted vegetables. So, and I was like, oh, I could have told you that was going to happen. I wish I would have been more uh, on top of it and, and at the time asked them to take it back and get rid of all the vegetables on my plate. I know. I know. I, I thought that too. I was like, why didn't I pull that trick and go, um, I can't have my food's food right. on my plate. Because that was the conversation, you know, between the the waitress and the person was, I, I can't have this on the plate. You know, it was like, uh, I can't see the meat on the plate. I can't have it on here. Yeah. And so I thought, you know, and I, hands down, almost 100% of the time, I can pick them out of a crowd. Well, all that, I, I, then I paid attention. All that person had to eat were these mashed potatoes who, who knows what they really were. 
and a little yeah. bit of mixed vegetables. That's yeah. not that's Frozen not mixed food. Be- and it was carrot. It was your basic carrots, broccoli, cauliflower, and, and the, green beans. And those those uh, you know probably frozen or whatever mixed vegetables probably had no nutrients left in them after Mm-mm. everything that they had been through. Yeah, nothing. So that's sad. So that person is literally starving themselves because they're they are afraid of meat. And I was really glad that we ate before we went because the amount of meat you got with your meal was about the amount that the vegans want to limit everyone to for the week. Oh, it was, it was a couple so ounces. small. And you know, it was a few bites and we would have we would have been fine. We would have been fine. And I didn't even want to eat it because I know in the gravy there's stuff I don't want. Right. Um but, you know, we ate a little bit of it. It was a special evening. We knew we weren't going to die, so it <laughs> well, was our once-a-year carb. I, I, I decided this was going to be the day that I test my uh, body's ability to deal with these types of foods. Yeah, the inflammation that happens afterwards. And I further tested it when they brought out the dessert. It was a little tiramisu. It wasn't very good. <laughs> no, I probably... And it was it was small. Again, it, this is a catered event, so you know the dessert is small. I probably ate half of it. It, it was way smaller than a coaster in diameter and about a couple of inches tall. So it was really small, two or three inches tall. It was really small for a dessert. And, you know, that's just the nature of these kinds of dinners. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, I took one bite of it and I was like, can't even do it. Can't because I was a pastry chef. I can taste every single fake thing in this. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. So I ate probably half of it. Like I said, I didn't eat the whole thing, but, but I definitely... You know, from not eating dessert for so long, it felt like I ate a huge bowl. That's that's what it felt like to me. Like you said, the taste in your mouth, kind of how it made you feel. And so that was it for the evening as far as food goes. Now, the next morning we get up super early and we're driving the 10 hours uh, back home. Uh, When I got up, I could barely walk around. My knee hurt so bad. And that has not been happening at all. No, I've been. It's been the complete opposite. My my legs it has felt very good. I can you know I can straighten it pretty well. Uh, my bad knee, which is what a problem I had for years, I couldn't straighten my leg. And you know now I can run and lift and squat and do all that kind of stuff. And and I don't have any knee pain. And when I got out of bed, I could barely straighten it, like move it at all. And it was extremely painful to walk on it. And it was like that the entire day. Yeah, and that's miserable because you know that, I mean, we went into it knowing that certain things would probably happen like that, mm-hmm. but now now the thing is, let's see how long it takes for it to go away, and that's the real test, and that's kind of interesting to play around with once you are really solidified in this way of eating, like you've really nailed it down, that you can go and you can try something like that. Or, you know, have that moment where you're like, I'm just going to be social. And then, you know, kind of to figure out how long it takes you to recover. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I woke up yesterday morning, I was thought, I thought, man, I'm doing great. I don't have any itchy skin. My stomach doesn't hurt. My digestion isn't off. And then I sneezed. <laughs> and why is that important? Well, I have this scar tissue in my stomach that goes from my append- appendectomy scar over to my C-section scar, and it's like connected together. That's what I was told by a doctor. And that if I wanted to, they could go in and do surgery and take that out. And I was like, why would I do that? So my, it always hurt really bad when I would sneeze. It feels like your body is just ripping a ha- in half inside. It's very painful. So that hasn't happened to me in months. 
I sneezed and I was like, oh crap. And it pulled so hard and it stung so bad you have to double over. And I was like, there's my inflammation. Yep. So that's inflammation. And with, with my knee, which is just it's arthritic, that's inflammation. So all you people out there with joint pain that have constant joint pain that you're dealing with, uh, there there is hope because um, my knee goes from that uh, until today. We got up. We worked out. I ran, I did all that stuff. It felt bad all the way up in, in the evening. Even when I went to bed, it still didn't feel well. And I thought tomorrow, hopefully it feels better. So what did we do that on the drive home to to suppress or reduce the inflammation? Well, we had we had fat coffee. Mm-hmm. So and then we we fasted for a little while. Um, and then we ate eggs. Yep, the boiled eggs that the we had. The boiled eggs. Left. We had another fat coffee. So there's two fat coffees, and then we just ate, we got back and ate our standard steak dinner. Yep, our steak dinner, and we ate a little bit of hamburger on the one of the hamburger patties on the way home with the with the eggs. It was super easy. Oh, and I, I and we added, drank some ketones. And drank some ketones, so added exogenous ketones to the mix. That, and all that right there, that was a day of, it was just a day of reducing inflammation. So today, I got up and right back to basically normal activity. Yeah, I can still feel a little bit of tightness. In that scar tissue area, um, but it's not anything that makes me double over. And, and you know, I haven't sneezed, so mm. I don't know. The sneezing, I think, had to do more with like going from a higher humidity to like it was twenty percent humidity there, yeah, so it was, it was really, really low. low. And your body kind of freaks out. So we did have to kind of also play with electrolytes a little bit because it, going from a more humid environment to a dry environment, you don't sweat. But you still have to watch those electrolytes. So I was, we were so thirsty the first day there. Oh like, my gosh, like I you felt couldn't, like a camel. Couldn't quench your thirst. And when you when you load up on water like that, you gotta be cognizant of you gotta load up on electrolytes as well. And I know people know that. You just so add just add a little extra salt, take in a you know an extra uh, electrolyte drink to stay up on that. Um, but something else we learned on the way back. So you know everybody does this. They listen to auto audio books or podcasts. Melody found uh, a, a great podcast uh, with Rob Lowe. It was so interesting. I had no idea, you know. Uh, I mean, I knew that they made fun of, if you've ever watched Parks and Recreations, the joke on that show is that he's super into health. Yeah. And he always looks really good, you know. He's, I don't even know how old he is. Uh, he's 55. 55, okay. He said that during the podcast. Oh, and he's And he's 28 years sober, so he doesn't drink alcohol. Right. And about that same time is when he started doing the Atkins diet. And I did remember in that podcast while listening to it that he is an Atkins spokesperson. Mm-hmm. And I had forgotten about that. Yep. So he's been doing the, the Atkins diet for a really long time. And he doesn't do, he's not ketogenic. So he's not like a high, higher fat because, you know, the difference between Atkins is basically, you know, your low carb, high protein diet. If you want to go ketogenic, you got you to gotta get into the fat zone. Right. And I, well, I and I know that Dr. Atkins with actual patients, there was times where they were they were focused more on higher fat and lowering protein. There was a process that they went through, but just the mainstream idea of Atkins is what Rob Lowe was doing, I believe. Right. And which is the higher protein, lower fat. He still has Greek yogurt in the morning mm-hmm. for breakfast, which is not something that hardly any ketogenic or carnivore person is going to do. But he intermittent fasts a lot. He does intermittent fasting, which he got from Chris Pratt on Parks and Recreation. Yeah, for going into the movie uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, he lost so, a lot of weight. Yeah, so he wanted to know what he was doing to get in great shape, and you know he introduced him to intermittent fasting. So 
that's what he does now. And also, uh, his 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 meal, his favorite meal, is a ribeye ribeye steak, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh style. So some of you know that as black and blue. Um, some of you will know it as Pittsburgh. It's basically you get it super crispy on the outside and a really hot cast iron skillet, and then it's very rare on the inside, black and blue. So yep, that's his favorite meal. That's one of his fa- most. He said he also loves making roast chicken. So roast chickens, and so you know that's going to have the skin on it, mm-hmm. and then you know so he's not fat phobic. He likes a, a good fatty marbled ribeye. And um, I just thought it was really interesting because he said during any filming that people thought he was crazy because he wouldn't eat all morning long. And then when it came time for lunch, he'd go work out. He'd put on his workout outfit and they would be like, aren't you going to eat? And he was like, I'm fine. Yeah. (laughs) And so, and then he talked about the craft service tables on sets and we know all about that. They're junk. They're crap. It's muffins and cookies and all kinds of stuff you do not need. Now, he did say on Parks and Recreations it was getting a little better, and that's because you have two people, at least, on set who mm-hmm. are demanding that kind so of food. You're demanding a different type of quality food. So, they were, you know, you have Chris Pratt and then him who were focused more on eating better quality foods. But it was really interesting because he does, he, he's, he was like, all I think about when I get up is when can I work out? And yeah. I was like, <laughs> I feel your pain. Yeah, we were, we were like, oh, we could be best friends with Rob Lowe. I'm already best friends with Harry Hamlin. Yeah, we totally are. Well, and you know, and he, and he even said that he traded one addiction for the other. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, he he openly admits that you know he had an alcohol problem when he was young, and uh, he went to rehab and got sober, and and he picked up working out, and he's like, that is my addiction. You know, when I get up, I think about what am I going to do for working out. Right. And he and serves and does other stuff, you know. Yeah, he said he'll go out and he'll serve for two or three hours, fasted. Fasted, yeah. And I just thought that was really good because people will com- comment about Rob Lowe all the time that he looks really good for his age. Yes. And so that falls into that whole fasting thing where we get into autophagy, we can regenerate our cells, you know, we let cells die that need to die, we repair and it makes your skin look good. Yeah, it, I mean, and he looks good for his age, and and he is on the opposite side of the spectrum for the most part because most people in Hollywood are the anti meat people. They are. So I was so surprised to hear him say, yeah. that he loves chicken and ribeyes and fatty fish and all these things that you know a lot of meats that he eats. Mm-hmm. Now, and and this is a, a good point to bring up because there's a lot of. Uh, young actresses uh, that are, you know, actresses in Hollywood that have health problems. We, you just showed me one this morning. I yep. Was... So a young uh, young actress in Hollywood that has... Um, PCOS. PCOS. Yeah. Polycystic ovarian syndrome. So that's, that's a diet-related issue. And a lot of you know, because you've educated yourselves, you know that PCOS is an insulin problem. It's insulin-derived illness, really. So when you look at her, I read her story. Can I say who it is? Oh, sure. What what, what are they going to do, not like us on our podcast? I guess. Leah Michelle from Glee. Everybody really knows her from Glee. So she grew up in a really, like, Italian food-type setting in her family. Like, they made a lot of uh, pasta. Mm -hmm. So she said it was really carb-heavy all growing up. Not... 
They didn't eat like a lot of junk. They just had a lot of homemade pasta. Right. Well, and, you know, you said you were reading to me her story and how she eats, and, and it sounded like she tried to eat really healthy. She did. She said they always tried to eat fresh and healthy, but it was just super carb heavy. And I think she's 33 now. Okay. She's in her 30s. So she started noticing she just, you know, PCOS, she had acne. She was on Accutane. She did all these things at an early age because she couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. She would go to doctors. They didn't know. They just gave her drugs. Yeah. And so she finally went to someone that said, you have PCOS. It's your diet. So... When I looked through her her profile on Instagram, because I'm a snooper, <laughs> I'm going to go look. That's how you find out what people are doing. Yeah. So I looked through. She's got a whole uh, story highlight on her food. And she is doing, she's trying to do everything right. You know, she's really trying. But the one thing that's missing from her diet, for sure, is more healthy fats and red meats. She's very um, egg white. Lots of fish, a little bit of salmon, uh, lots and lots of greens, a whole lot of greens, and avocado oil and avocado. And it's a lot of soups. And on the surface, it's such a healthy diet in most people's opinion. But when you have PCOS, I look at it and see the carb heaviness of it still. Right. You're even not gonna, though it's vegetables. Yeah, you're not going to defeat that insulin resistance that way. So it, she's just in that state where she's super low fat. Still, you know, it's it maybe it's more fat than the average actress would eat. Mm-hmm. But she's so veggie and um, veggie heavy. She's doing what I used to do. Lots of kale, lots of broccoli, lots of asparagus, lots of Ezekiel bread and egg whites. That used to be me. I understand it. Lots of halibut and, you know, salmon, things like that. You're not eating bad. Right. And and this is a great example of someone who's really trying hard, but they've just got the wrong advice. And I had the same issue uh, earlier. You know, I, I got into a I don't want to call it a battle. It's not a battle. Discussion. It's a battle. It's just it's a, a discussion online about about recommendations from from doctors and someone. You know, again, they're 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 banging on saturated fat like it's bad for you, and and I can't let it go. So I'm like, hey, saturated fat's not bad for you. That's old dogma, and you know they they and they start posting studies of hey, this study recommends to reduce saturated fat. And it's again, it's epidemiological. It's just a food survey. That means nothing. And my response was, hey, stop giving the same advice and and expecting a different result. Because Mm -hmm. heart disease is not getting, you know, it's not getting better. You know, Uh, it's still, you know, what the number one killer of, of men in, you know, the U.S. today. So it's not getting any better. So stop giving out the same stupid advice. And they didn't like that. No, they didn't like it, but, you know, they, they didn't, uh, you know, the person I was talking to was a very intelligent person, and he's a doctor, and he knows a lot, and and uh, he actually had, had questions, and we had a conversation about it, and it worked out well. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to say I changed his mind, but at least I brought up, brought up valid points. Well, you made, it, you made him reconsider, you know, and, and maybe go and look into something that he otherwise wouldn't have ever tried to look at. And there's so much good information out there now about carnivore, keto. And you don't have to be carnivore or keto to do this. It's just most people don't eat enough protein, quality protein, period. I was telling you earlier about kind of how I would eat when I watched, when I looked at 
Leah Michelle's Instagram. I was like, this used to be me. And I still had so much inflammation and I wasn't able to put on muscle very well. And I still had a lot of issues associated with eating too many carbohydrates, even though I was eating all this healthy food because I wasn't allowing myself to to have more protein and less carb. Well, we talked about she's on, on a plant-based diet and how basically the majority of the United States is on a plant-based diet, even if you don't know you are. I know. Because when you get up in the morning and you eat cereal, that's plant-based. Mm-hmm. And then for, for lunch, you get a salad with, with a, a small amount, maybe a few ounces of meat. That's plant-based. Right. And then you come home for dinner and you eat pasta and maybe some vegetables and that's it that's a plant-based diet so you don't know you you might think you're eating a normal diet but you're eating a plant-based diet and that's in in the long term it's just not it's not healthy yeah I calculated like a normal meal for me up until like you know I was in my 30s early 40s what a normal day would be for me and the amount of protein it was probably less than six ounces of protein for the whole day I eat more than that in one sitting. Um, I mean, <laughs> almost, almost like, tri- over triple that. That yeah, and it's just amazing because most people, that's what you're getting. And a lot of people who go out to eat, if you want to know how much meat you're getting, just like if you've never done this, ask for something without anything, but ju- just get the meat. Like if you get fajitas ask for them to not put any peppers or onions on there or whatever, and you'll see how much meat you actually get on a fajita thing. Yeah, so even if if you're going out for lunch and having a hamburger at a place, you're still eating mostly a plant-based diet. Oh, yeah. Because there's... The bun, the fries. The bun, the fries, all the the stuff, the lettuce, tomato, onions, pickles on the burger. There's not much burger there. Right, because unless it's... It'll tell you how big the burgers are. So if you get a third-pound burger, let's just, you know, math. It's five and a third ounces of meat. That is not very much for the average person. And most people are eating a burger at lunch. There's a lot of people who do. There's people who eat pizza for lunch. They're getting zero protein, really. Yeah, nothing. Very little because of the cheese, you know. There's a little and whatever. But a lot of people eat like this at lunch. Or they get a salad and there's like three ounces of meat on there, if that much. And because they're not going to put a lot of the most expensive food on your salad. Sorry. Well, they're not going <laughs> to put the most expensive food on your plate for the with a huge part even in restaurants they're they're trying to make money and restaurant business is very hard oh god people yeah. ask me all the time why didn't you ever open a restaurant no because i'm not stupid because <laughs> because i wanted to have a life i, I want to still be alive <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's a hard business so I'm not saying that all restaurants are, are trying to you know trying to cheat you out of what you paid for but they're trying to get by so they're not you know they're not globbing on the most uh, expensive part of the meal which is the meat unless you're going and paying the bucks for it yeah unless you're going you to Ruth's Chris and you're paying $50 a steak and you shouldn't and you shouldn't because you can get it for $10 somewhere else right you know that's a little soapbox about eating out I'm not a fan of eating out I like to know where my food came from and cook it myself but for those people who do go out to eat, it's good to have a little bit of knowledge about that stuff. 
And, you know, most people just in general that just day to day who haven't discovered this ketogenic or low carb or carnivore diet, they are on, like you said, uh, they're mainly plant-based already. Mm -hmm. So all this stuff about everybody needs to eat plant-based, everybody's already doing that. Yep. You know, let's, um, let's focus on quality proteins. I think someone said to you this week, is that sustainable for everyone? Yeah, I, I was talking about what I eat, and someone asked if that was sustainable, and and my I, I just thought about it. I was like, well, from a nutritional standpoint, it's it's sustainable for your entire lifetime. Now, if you're talking about monetarily, like can I afford it? That that's a different story. But nutritionally, there's no reason why we can't eat this way for the rest of our life. And if you're talking about just like agriculturally, when I think about if, is it sustainable? And we, you guys know we've talked about this before. Is it sustainable to get your blueberries from Serbia over and over again? Yeah. Is that sustainable? <laughs> right, right. Um, you know, is it sustainable to get all this almond milk, almond flour, almond butter, almond this, almond that, almond yogurt from California, from like the one place we can grow almonds? Is it sustainable to have to truck in bees? To well, be able to pollinate the, them. The, the retort to that would be somebody be like, well, you need to grow your own vegetables. I can't grow almonds here. I'm, I'm, yeah, you can't grow almonds here. And where we live in Texas, you're not going to grow much vegetables. Trust Our me. yard is made of rocks. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you're not going to do it. So, uh, well, but, look at where we were just at in Las Cruces. Oh, yeah. You can't grow anything out there. They don't even have grass. Yeah. <laughs> it's just rocks so. and sand. That's all they have. So that part of, uh, you know... New Mexico and Texas, you're you're not growing a lot of uh, stuff out there in certain spots, uh, but you can you can have animals. Yeah, you know, so, mule deer were out there, rabbits. So you could raise uh, animals out there pretty easily. I felt like Snow White when we arrived at Dripping Springs. There was a deer. She turned around and looked at me, and I was like, "Oh, you're so pretty." And she was probably thinking, "You're a nuisance." <laughs> And then we were walking down the trail, and a little rabbit went by, and I was like, oh, a rabbit. I didn't find any grass that I could eat, but I found a rabbit and a mule deer. Right, yeah. (laughs) Yep, there were no vegetables out there to eat. And a lot of people are like, but I have such compassion for animals, I couldn't do that. I'm not saying that I would be happy about having to kill something and eat it. I think that there is a circle of life that, yes, you respect it. You respect nature, but we know people who are in the ranching business, and these are some of the most compassionate people. Mm-hmm. They care so much about their cattle or you know their livestock that I think that's just something that the vegan community and people who want to push us away from eating our most nutrient-dense food and are really confused about human nutrition and global warming, that you know they are trying to push people away from that by... Making like everyone who wants to eat meat are these murderers who hate animals, and it's just kind of insane. But all you guys know that, yeah, right. Well, I think that kind of like uh, wraps everything up. Does it? It does. Well, not everything. Not everything. No, we can't wrap everything up in this one podcast. It's impossible. So we did do our. We're back to our small eating window. Yeah, we, we, we did, did that we today. Did that today. Back to the the short eating window, um, which I really like. I do too. I think I it's love been. It. It's been working out really well, so we'll keep doing that and let you know how that works. Did we say that we both lost weight on this trip? <laughs> no. No, it's weird that you lose, like, you know, we didn't really do anything. We ate off our schedule, and you weigh half a pound less. Now, I, I think it's just water. Like, Yeah, I weighed a full pound less, just saying. Wow. I, th- yeah. I think that's just, you know, over the weekend, um, 
But I drink a lot of water. I guess I'm just losing I it. don't know. And we didn't work out. Some of it could be rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just recovery. Rest and recovery. Well, yeah. slept like crap, so I can't say that helped. No, that wasn't great. But last night I slept like somebody, like, oh, yeah. I don't know. The I, first night back like in your bed. Like somebody roofied me. <laughs> the first night back in your bed is always magical. It was. It's I just, slept so good. Yep. So, yeah, on that note, we'll go. Okay, so uh, everybody, don't go to sleep right now, but get good sleep tonight. Uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in uh, and listening. Uh, we hope you have a great day. Go out there, eat fattiness, and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Tasco Kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Don't forget to send your questions to dtkquestions at gmail.com. And visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com.